Um, just to clarify, Graham said a couple of times just the length of one song. Well, that song is 10 minutes long, so um, we've overruled him. Ben and I were like, no. Um, as much as you were probably having lovely conversations, sorry, to, you can press pause and we can come to those, back to those in a moment. Um, I'm going to start off by reading from Matthew 21, verses 1 to 11. So the, it should come up behind me, but if you've got a Bible, please do feel free to turn to it. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, Beth, hard word, they came to a place on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt under her, by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughters, I and see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, a foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They bought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks over them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, this whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from, uh, from Nazareth in Galilee. So today is Palm Sunday, which is why I wanted to read that. The day that the global church remembers Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey in celebration. They roll out the red carpet for him. Well, not literally a carpet, cloaks and branches. Jesus arrives in Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And because of the preceding three years of all that Jesus has done and said and been, there are crowds there that knew exactly who he was. They knew who he was and they were celebrating. And this, it, it, it becomes infectious and it snowballs. Jesus was a symbol of hope, hope of change, a change in regime perhaps, a revolutionary leader who would take on the Romans and set them free. And yet nobody really understood what Jesus had actually come to do and how he was going to do it. He was and he still is a symbol of hope. And his desire was and still is to set us free. But not from Roman oppression or political, uh, Roman rule or political oppression. He wasn't going to take up the sword and lead the kind of revolution that many of them were expecting. He was offering and he was going to, to take up the cross to offer freedom for us from the kingdom of darkness, freedom from oppression, to step into the fullness of God's kingdom, the freedom that he offers, the freedom that he has always extended to people, intends for us to be who we've been created to be and connected to our creator. The hope Jesus offers is freedom to experience his salvation, his kingship, his transformation, the transformation of an eternal nature. 
So when Jesus rode on a donkey into Jerusalem that first Palm Sunday, and the crowds went wild, the crowds were singing Hosanna. They were shouting it. Hosanna, a Greek word made up of two Hebrew words, literally meaning, please save us. The crowds knew that they wanted saving. They just didn't quite understand how that salvation was going to happen. And salvation and freedom is the message of Easter, isn't it? The message that we would love everyone everywhere to hear, that they are loved by God and his people. And someone uh, who has recently grasped that freedom afresh is Anna. And I would love you to hear some of her story so far this morning. So please put your hands together and give a very big warm welcome to Anna. Whoop, whoop, whoop. We're going to sit down and do it casual style. Oh, yeah, do. Take a picture. Oh, yes. So Anna... Some people in this room know who you are, but some people don't, I imagine. So tell us who you are and what life looks like for you normally, currently. Okay, um, I'm Anna. I'm Russ and Pip's child, so I've been here since the beginning. Um, growing up in Chelmsford, yeah, went to school here, and then I'm now 19, so I took a gap year. Now I'm in my first year at university at Nottingham, so I'm back for a week and a half for Easter. Um, so life normally for me is lectures. <laughs> what are you studying? Um, I'm doing economics and philosophy. So a bit of a mix, but I'm loving it now. Took a while to settle in, but loving it. Um, so yeah, my week is usually very busy with lectures. Um, I now have a part-time job, so... You say very busy with the lectures. How many hours of lectures? Okay, let's just get this just straight. Wondering. I I kind of an early morning for me is like if I have a ten a.m. that's ridiculously early. Okay. So just, okay. just wanted to make in, sure the record in was my straight. context, like a full week of lectures. Like there's some days I only have two hours, but that's a full yeah. week. Um, but I pick up shifts at work, like yes. around then. So um, yeah, I do waitressing now as well, um, and I go to church. So I've got a small group once a week, and I'm up at Trent Vineyard. So then I have church. Every Sunday. Part of the Vineyard Tribe. Part of the Vineyard Tribe. So can you unpack for us what your relationship with Jesus has looked like so far? Oh, okay. Um, Well, I've grown up in church. So ever since I can remember being going to church, then when we moved to Chancel, we obviously came, well, planted this church. And so I've always grown up up in church, known about Jesus. and I think that really kind of it came into its own in my youth. Like I, I started to know God, but I don't think I really knew. I mean, you can't know Him fully, surely, but I can't. I didn't know. It was very limited what I had. So, um, church for me was very much a Sunday thing and just a Sunday thing, which meant that Jesus was also kind of just a Sunday thing. I didn't have this everyday sense of journeying with God, um, and. I, can't, I pinned a lot of the things that I thought were important in my faith on big events. So um, DTI, I love, and I think it's incredible for the youth to go to, but I also, like, for me, pinned lots on it as, like, once a year, that's when I encountered the Holy Spirit. And, like, was didn't think everything of it, didn't think it could happen every day, and it could happen anywhere, and it doesn't have to be with 
loads of people and people on a stage and um fancy lights and huge worship bands yeah exactly so yeah i i definitely knew jesus but i think it wasn't as deep as it is now and hopefully will continue to be um yeah and then and then 2020 hit as well and unpack that a little bit for us um <laughs> wow okay um so i was in year 12 um when March 2020, COVID, lockdown, round one hit. And so I would just kind of started studying for my A-levels. Um, yeah, and I think everything that I had planned was just swept from under my feet, like it was for everyone. But I didn't realise for me how much of a control issue I had, probably, until that was all taken from me. So concerts that I'd wanted to go to for ages, cancelled, just no explanation. And I remember going to everyone, like teachers in the school, family, okay, when's this going to end? Just give me a time frame that I know when it's going to end so then I can plan how I can do this afterwards. And no one in the world could tell me when. And anyone who did got it wrong. <laughs> so um, that for me just, I completely broke me. I, I, I didn't know what to do. Everything that I planned for the year, I was like, what am I going to do? Mm. Um, and... On top of that, I'm a very sociable person, so not being able to see people um, wasn't wasn't great. And I hated it when people said, there's FaceTime, because I was like, it's not the same. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was really hard, that kind of lack of, or loss of control um, led to me looking for control in other things. So I very much, I, I just, I kind of developed unhealthy behaviours around food and later on in 2021 was diagnosed with anorexia so had that and then so all through that I'm doing my A-levels in Covid didn't really know what was going on if I was going to have exams where I was going for uni was trying to work stuff out um was in this kind of battle of anorexia and yeah so I, I was in a it was it was hard for everyone and I think everyone had their own like stories to tell through COVID um yeah and then 2021 obviously kind of the end of 2021 autumn 2021 things were brighter now and I had been through therapy and been discharged um and I started my gap year and <laughs> that what a year that's all I say when I say we're starting my gap year um wasn't quite as you anticipated, was it? No, I kind of, when I knew, I knew I wanted to take a gap year from a few years back. And my original plan was to go out to Live Village in South Africa, which is like a charity organisation we've been to before. And um, wanted to do some kind of internship there. But as it kind of grew closer to the January of 2022, which is when I would have done it, I was, we were thinking, and I wasn't, probably in the best place to go anyway. Although I'd been discharged from eating disorder therapy, it was very abrupt because I'd turned 18, so it wasn't what they had would have wanted. Um, and so was I really in a place to go out without the accountability of like, my parents helping me with stuff? Probably not. And also COVID in South Africa was still pretty rife. They didn't have vaccinate, like access to vaccinations. And yeah, it wasn't... It wasn't great. So that fell through, which meant I was just working. So I had 
jobs, but I also had freshly turned 18 and discovered with my friends who also didn't go to uni the world of clubs, alcohol, everything that comes with that. Um, yeah, so where I was, I'd say still in pain from the eating disorder, still very much physically had healed, but mentally wasn't there. Um, and that's the longest game to play with, a, with an issue like that. It's the mental game. Um, so I wasn't quite there. I was still very low. I still didn't felt very worthless. And um, I, I found that actually when I got, went out and got drunk, I felt happy for a split second. And that was something I just chased after. And so I chased and chased. And it became something that happened one night a week, two nights a week three nights a week, whenever the clubs were open. And when the clubs weren't open, we were going to pubs. Uh, when, like, so it was just over and over. Um, and yeah, I just felt complete. I felt worthless. I felt like nobody could love me. I felt when my mental health was so low, I was like, if I can't love myself, no one can love me. Um, and completely fell away from God. Like, to the other end, he wasn't even on my mind. Because I was like, I felt so shame-filled. I was like, I can't even go to him because um, no one will love me, so what's the point? Like, that's just going to embarrass me. And so, um, and very quickly, over 2022, I'd met a boy, got into quite a toxic relationship, and was introduced to drugs. So, came quite hooked quite quickly on different things. Um, yeah, what started off as something that was fun to do on a night out became... I'm going to do it in my room, this is going to keep me awake, or I'm going to do it because it brings me a sense of happiness. Um, and it, it gave me a high, and I, that's what I craved, that's what I wanted. Um, but it never lasts, and it never fulfills. And so, yeah, my gap year was very much came towards the summer, and I was in a really bad place. So mentally, um, yeah, I was diagnosed with depression, and then carrying a couple of drug addictions around and I was in a toxic relationship and all of that together um, and just not even thinking about God just meant I was not, I was not great. Um, so yeah, that was summer and then, yeah, I, I think you guys were pretty worried for me to go to uni. I think people could tell something was up and the more I talk to people about it here, they're like, that's what was happening, okay, um, yeah, I wasn't myself, and yeah, I was very much. I think I was a shell of myself. Yeah, really. But yeah, yeah. So what what changed? This is a good bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to uni in September, having had this crazy summer that continued, and knowing I knew what I was doing was wrong. Um, but I think when you're in that place, you're in so much pain that. You, like you can't see it and you can't see the effect on other people and you're just trying to chase anything and so I went to uni with the intention I'm never stepping foot in a church again I was like I'm not and not because I didn't love the church I knew the church family were like I loved that part of church but I was like I don't like God and I think I'd said that because I was very much angry that I'd had to go through an eating disorder angry that my relationship had broken down even though that was a blessing, but like angry that different things had happened um, and angry that I didn't feel like he was there. Um, 
And so I was very much not stepping foot in a church again. But I remember Dad, when he dropped me off, saying, um, just, just try, why don't you just try, Trent? Just what's, even if it's not for Jesus, but it's just for the church family, because you know they'll always be there for you. And um, I've always said that church family is just different than any other friends. They're just amazing. And so I was a bit like, oh, all right, like, yeah, sure. Um, was like, but I waited till after Freshers, because I was like, I'm not doing this while Freshers is on. Um, I wish I'd gone sooner. <laughs> but I, I, so I went, and I actually went with my friend Abby, who's here today. And so we went, and I walked in, and I remember thinking, you know what, if I, if I don't feel welcomed, and if I'm made to feel guilty, um, I am never, ever going to church again in my life. Like, I'm just not. Because I already hated myself so much, I could not deal with the disappointment of others. I just couldn't. And um, so I, I walked in, and the first person I was, the Connect team come up to me straight away, and hi, and I'm a bit like, okay. <laughs> um, and they introduced me to a lady called Katie, who's actually my small group leader. Um, and she's incredible. And she made me feel welcome straight away. And I, I'm still standing there like, no one really knows what I do. Like, no one knows that me last night was on a different planet and this isn't... Like, no one knew that. And I was like, people just think I'm smiling and I'm normal. Um, and then I didn't really engage in the, in the service. I would say, like, I kind of stood up in worship, wasn't really closing my eyes or, like, you know, engaging and... Um, and or engaging in the way that it looks like for me, I wasn't. And the same with the preach, I kind of was just sitting there. Okay. Um, and ministry, yeah, I wasn't engaging at all. I was on my phone. I was like, this is not for me anymore. I was like, she was nice, but no, like I refuse. I don't like the Jesus part. This is what I kept thinking. Um, anyway, I'm at a service and somebody comes up to me. I'm like on my phone in ministry. And uh, they said something, the exact words I've got in my journal, but they said something along the lines of, um, you're not too far gone. I just think Jesus wants, you say, wants to say that he loves you and he wants to set you free. And I still, sorry, I still get goosebumps, but I literally broke down in tears. Um, and I was prayed for, and like then and there, like set free of addiction, like on the spot. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, very much, yeah, just was, I, I describe it to people as, like, the heart that I had, it felt painful, because the heart that I had that really craved drugs, it felt like it was being ripped out, and a new one was being put in, mm -hmm. and it was like, I don't want that anymore, um, and to explain it to people was strange, because you're just a bit like, <laughs> they're like, how? People spend months and months in rehab trying to do this and I'm like I, I, Jesus is the only way um, and that then just started a whole snowball thing for me I was like well I'm definitely going to church now <laughs> I was like I can no longer deny it Jesus is definitely real and he definitely loves me um, and so then that just snowballed and This has got it. 
what you've got to say, Anna, needs to be said. So we're going to wait <laughs> so you can hear it. Um, yeah, so that started a full thing for me where I was like, I've very, very much always been a maths person, a proof person, and that for me was like concrete proof that God is real. And I was like, okay, I'm not denying this anymore. Let's go. Um, and so I began this kind of process. I started to open up to people. So the first person I told was Katie, who I was introduced to. Like, And I was like, I just wanted to tell you this. <laughs> and she was like... <laughs> um, and then that kind of started a whole process where I was prayed for and um, people were praying over me and more on the emotional and mental side now. So where my addiction had just stopped, um, obviously I still had a lot of lies that I'd believed about myself and lies that I'd actually held, I'd held more onto than I thought. Um, and people that I needed f to forgive and things that I needed to apologize for and go to people and say sorry what for, which I really hated at the time. I was like, I'm not confessing anything to anyone. Um, but yeah, so I had lots of things that I know I was being prompted to do. And a great, I began to make some great friends at church um, who I absolutely love and I had those guys around me to kind of hold me accountable, keep me, keep me going. And... Yeah, so that was the kind of whole of last term was me kind of recovering from that. And then this term, it's got even crazier. Go on then, tell us a bit about this um, term. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of went back up in January. I'd say at Christmas people could notice a difference in me, but since then it's been even crazier. Because um, at Christmas, I, although I'd kind of, you know, I, 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 like I was set free from drug addiction and stuff, I still was making maybe the wrong choices for me in other areas because I kind of, I tried to like compromise with Jesus, which just doesn't work. I was like, God, like, you know, I'm like, I'm not doing drugs anymore. So, and like what else I was doing wasn't as bad as that. So surely I can just keep doing this. Um, and after Christmas, I very much got the image, like the picture of like, no, you, you can't. Like <laughs> in quite a gentle but strong way of actually, if, if you lay it all down, I've got so much more for you. Um, so, yeah, I st stopped a lot of other things um, and began to just go, okay, well, tried to stop a lot of things and it, it was only then there was a point in January where I kind of realised, oh, like, I think my actual, like, my heart's changed. Like, not that I'm now just in my own human strength trying to stop doing these things, but actually my heart's, I don't want to do these things. Like, mm. and that was such a crazy point where I was like, wow, okay. Like, I don't, I don't want to go and get drunk on a night out. Like, I don't want to set that example. And like, s I remember like one thing I wrote was like, you know, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Like it's very much, and uh, it kind of came to, came, um, became clear when me and <laughs> a friend were very much, somebody had said to us in their flat, like, you got this was in December, they said, you guys are Christians? Like, you never would have thought it because you still get drunk and everything. And, like, and I was like, oh, okay. Or, like, you still do this, you still do that. And they're like, you're just, like, you're just like everyone else. And in a way, you're like, okay, it's great you don't think we're weird. But at the same time, you like, the way, the things they said that we still did, I was like, yeah, 
don't think that's right or that's not what I feel like I'm called to do. Um, and so January for me, I kind of hit that moment. It's like, I actually don't want to do these things anymore. And not wanting to was such a big part and that want being filled with something else of like for the first time in my life, wanting to spend time with Jesus and as much time as I could. Like, mm. I, I hate reading, but I love reading my Bible. <laughs> and so that was crazy for me. I was like, I hate reading, but somehow this book has just got me gripped. Um, and yeah, things like I just loved praying and I still do and things that have just changed in me. Um, yeah, that's been since January and I also just fell in love with the church. So I, you know, I'm up at Trent Vineyard and began a lot of, I had a lot of words were said at different services that were really relevant to me and what people, some people have prayed over me, what they thought I was being called to in my life. And I was like, that's a bit scary. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. And very much then I had a lot of words were said at church and I reluctantly didn't want to like go up for, for prayer or anything, but like my legs would start to shake and my friend would tap me and go, I think that's your sign to start walking. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, great, thank you. And so a lot of things kind of happened. A lot of things were prayed over me, a lot of stuff that really lined up over the past few months. Um, and so I just stepped into that. So I very it was very scary. But <laughs> I was like, okay, can't deny it anymore. A lot of people have said it. A lot of people I will never know have come up to me with words about this. So I guess I'm going to try it. Um, so yeah, I started serving more at church. I'm a youth leader at Trent Vineyard. So joined the youth team, which I absolutely love. Um, and from September, I'm going to be on the student team leading a small group. So there's like things that have kind of come up that were very relevant to what people were praying for me. Um, yeah. And I just, I just love it. It's busy. <laughs> it's very, very busy. Um, I'm either doing uni, lost plenty of time with my friends, working or churching 24-7. But um, I love it. And yeah, if you told me in August, that would be me now. I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> but yeah. So. And part of the reason you're sharing your story here now yeah. is because you had a dream, right? Yeah. So I've, I've started to have some cool dreams, actually from January. Um, it's really strange, but I've God's started to speak to me through quite a few dreams that I've written down. Um, and I woke up one morning and I was calling Mo and I was like, yeah, I had this dream. And I was like, almost scared to say it. And I was like, like when I came back for Easter that I like spoke about what I'd been through at church and she was like, I'm going to tell Libby. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then very much got a text from you going, yes. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is happening. Um, but it just felt right and it felt like the right time. Um, and I act like I had a dream. I had a dream that I was going to be leading a small group for students next year and then got invited out for coffee by our student pastor who was like, uh, so like you know you talk about you feel like it's like leading's a call on your life but like what what how does that manifest and I went oh I've had I've had this dream and feel free to say no and she was like no that's exactly why I asked you out for coffee <laughs> and so a lot of things have kind of come into play since then um which has been really cool amazing yeah. amazing so if you want to say anything to those of us that are gathered here this morning what is it that you'd like to say oh that's a good one um, I would say you're never too far gone mm. um, 
and there's always freedom. Like, and he sets everything free, not just a little bit. It's not like a bit of freedom. Um, it's abundant, and it just never ends. And it's incredible. And he loves you, no matter what you've done, but because of who he is. So, yeah, you're never too far gone. Let's stand.